Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I am Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Aaron Larsoul, and this is The Hook. Aaron, do you watch, have you ever heard of this Love is Blind show on Netflix? I've heard of it. I have not watched, but I've heard of it, yes. So I I bugged uh, Pete with it a season or two ago in their last season, when the first season came out. It's this weird, it's like, they call it an experiment, right? Okay, all right. And the experiment is, would you... A, marry somebody just based off of their personality. No, I would not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shallow. So What's no, funny, though, not. is that, like, Jen and I Jen and I both agree that, like, we would not do this. No. Like, you, no. she and I, I was a douche back when we first started dating or whatever, but I was a decent-looking douche. So I mean, like, to be fair... You, I mean, I'm sure you were better looking then than now because most of us, as we're younger and in better <laughs> shape, are yeah. better looking. But at any point in your relationship, you have outkicked your coverage. Oh, yes. Oh, even then, even still. Yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, and then, so, so anyway, like the, the premise of it is that, like, these people, they get to, they, they're in these like pods and they have this conversation. And okay. from that conversation, they're supposed to make a decision on whether or not they are going to propose. To this Wait, person. How long do they get? They talk to somebody that they can't see for how long? It's not long. It's like, it's, it's, th- this is one of the flaws and it's an intentional flaw, but th- one of the flaws in the premise is that like, you're basing it off of a single conversation essentially, or, or even a series of conversations that can all be faked. Nope. Like you nope. can, you could fake your way through all. I'll of propose that to you based on what you look like before I'll propose to you based on, <laughs> based you know on what? our conversation. That's honestly more honest. Like I think it's yeah, more honest than the premise of the show. Um, and so, I, uh, what did what did what did Popeye say? I am who I am, or something. <laughs> wasn't that, wasn't that? <laughs> nope. So, um, and he still ended up with uh, with olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And so we, um, so anyway, so you, you go through like this experience as these couples are engaged and they decide they're making decisions as to like, whether or not they want to stick it out and actually get married. The series finale, I think just aired today. Wait, hold on, because I don't watch this and for, I'm sure plenty of, I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. No, but I'm sure plenty of our listeners also don't watch it. Yeah. So the, the concept is they have this conversation and, and then, then decide, there's, there's and then they decide if they want to propose or not. And if they do, then we follow them as they actually meet and interact. Yes. Leading yeah. up to, okay. And then like the the other part of it too is that there are there are other people in this experiment and uh they all have conversations with each other. And then eventually there are proposals and somebody will either accept an a, a proposal from that from the first person who asks them. You get some rejections in hopes that somebody else that they spoke to eventually proposes instead, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of this stuff. And okay, so um, the whole group they're in like a confined environment, so uh-huh. there can be they can they can switch it up. They can have buyout candidates. Well, to that's switch it up. that's the thing. So that's the part of this. It, like the reason I brought this up is we got I think the sloppiest moment I think in okay. the history of of and this is a, a long ugly history that we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but we got we got like one of the shadiest moments in the history of of these kinds of shows where this one girl calls off her engagement. She's like really really religious and okay. uh the person who proposed to her is atheist, right? And All right. Yeah, and so she like says yes 
like purely to remain in the show like she did it so that she could continue to be on camera definitely sounds like a a a, a wholesome great start it's a good start principled woman yeah yeah okay, great yeah. right um so so she's really really religious she calls off her engagement to this person because of his lack of religion and then we find out like an episode later She's going behind the back of this other couple because she was hoping to be proposed by this other guy, proposed okay. to by this other guy. All right. And she goes to the guy, that guy's fiance, and goes to her and says, hey, by the way, if it isn't working out, I have this great guy that I can match you up with. Was it the dude that proposed to her? I don't know. We never found out. Oh, like, we haven't found out who yet. Was. No, so no, we never, like we never find out specifically who. And then she pulls that guy aside that she is trying to get proposed to, pulls him aside and calls their relationship fraudulent. Well, first of all, every relate. Oh, I love this. Actually, maybe I should watch this. I love. I, I'm not. I'm not really into this pop culture stuff. But this yeah. sounds like a combination of a bunch of shows I've never watched. Like yeah, 90 Day Fiance and yeah. The Bachelor and all Love of Island and all. Okay. Yeah. I need all to, of it. All right. I bet yeah, my sister. I, I bet my sister watches this. Me and so Jen, Shout it's the Beach. kind of I, show. I love you. Shout out, Beach. She listens. I love you. But um, your family, you have the... a better family than I do. My family doesn't listen to my stuff. My dad would rather talk to me on the phone and make me do my podcast for him on the phone. That sounds not great. awful. My my family, especially the female members of my family, <laughs> listen to this show because I'm more honest on this show than I am with them. <laughs> so they, they want to know what's actually going on yeah. in my life, so, including my sister. So it's the kind of show that like Jen always laughs at me because she'll I, I so I started last night. I haven't watched any of the season before last night. And apparently last night was either the, the finale or like the, the last show before. Hold the on. Finale no night. show is any good if you can like jump in in the finale episode and feel caught up. It's pretty They're shallow, like, Aaron. Yeah. It's, <laughs> don't say. It's not not exactly a ton of plot to this. So, you don't say. <laughs> so, so I'm doing dishes, and Jen goes like, "Oh, we could we could watch something else if you want." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go do laundry in the other room." And you know, I, our, our our TV is up on this wall over here, and I have to walk the kind of. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's it. We walk. I walk right by the foyer, and then I walk by our butler, dap him a, up, and then you have a foyer and an, you know what? I'm I'm done with this. You need to move back to L.A. so you can be impoverished like the rest of us. Um, aren't you going to the Lakers game for free tonight? Drinking for free? Uh -huh. I don't understand the question. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. My yes. terrible life. <laughs> yes. I, hey, man. <laughs> I never said my life was terrible. Yes, I am, in fact, going to the Lakers game tonight, yeah. which is why I was going to pretend to take it easy mm -hmm. with the uh, with the Hennessy <laughs> during the hook because I'm certainly going to be overserved at the game tonight. Yeah. Anyway, like the the whole purpose for doing this, I just I I, I saw that. I think we scene, should do this for another hour. And I needed I needed to talk to somebody about what that girl tried to pull. It was incredible. <laughs> just just the kind of act that I have come to expect out of people who pride themselves on being religious. I should go on one of these shows. I should try this. <laughs> Honestly, like there are there there's there are contestants that are like this isn't the kind of show that everybody is like twenty one or whatever. There are there are some there's a couple people who are, I think my age or older. 
yeah, we're just gonna just gonna give out my age, huh? No, okay. I didn't. Cool. I didn't say uh, forty four. By the way, forty four. By the you way, you gave it out. I didn't. Yeah, say I age. did. Forty four. I, I good looking forty four, but yeah. forty four. Yeah. Um, and it matters, unfortunately, because society is how it is. It matters less if you're a guy. Um, I think. Yeah, you know what? I think we should do like a a silver screen role. I think maybe I should. Maybe <laughs> I should do this. We could do like a Lakers hook silver screen and roll dating kind of. Oh thing. no, no, no! We don't need that. Like it, because Lakers Twitter, str- Lakers Twitter is ugly enough. Like Lakers Twitter can get ugly enough without. I'm definitely, involved. I'm definitely struggling as it is. So we definitely, <laughs> I could use some help. In I'll try. Area. I'll 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 get behind trying to get you on Love and Love Is Blind season three, but I'm not okay. trying to. I'm not okay. just stir, trying to stir those flames in. Well, in, look, uh, love better be blind <laughs> if I'm going to be on it. Um, you're better looking than I am. All right, so let's let's go I'm ahead. Better and, looking than a lot of people. Today's show, we are going to uh, start by talking about buyouts. I covered it a couple uh, lowdowns ago about why the Lakers and just in general we haven't seen very many buyouts. I wanted to and run did, some of that. I think you did a really good job on that. Actually, yeah. Well, okay then. So we don't need to talk about the buyouts then. No, no. Go we listen should. to we that should, show. But I, <laughs> we should. But I think. Yeah. But I, 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 I think people out there should listen to all the content on the network. And I think, as an example of that, I think you did you did a pretty good job. We can have some. That. We can have a little bit more nuanced conversation, yeah. and perhaps <laughs> I can give a different perspective on it. Yeah. But you, you, you did a good job. Well, that's that's what that's honestly why I wanted to talk about buyouts because you know I'm coming it from my angle and there are like all kinds of angles to all this and then uh, what we're gonna do for the remainder of the show and I don't even think we're gonna have time now honestly the first seven minutes of the uh, of the show that was story time I hope you guys enjoyed that um, but but the uh, we are both gonna give out now that we have the all star break behind us and we have had a bevy of news over the last. It feels like a month, but I think it's been about a week um, uh, about the top five teams. Basically, all of the the top five teams that Aaron and I, I think, are going to list in some order uh, for uh, finals favorites. Uh, And I don't think we're going to agree. No, I hope not. That would be really boring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but so uh, all of the five teams that I think you and I are going to list have been affected over the last, you know, basically since the deadline, either those trades have made a trade deadline deal, or we have gotten news since the trade deadline that affects all of these teams. All of these teams basically have had their seasons kind of altered in some way. And I'm kind of curious where we have them kind of moving forward. I have two. My my uh, number one favorite and my fifth favorite have not been impacted, so this is going to be good. All righty, I'm looking forward to that. Then this is going to be good. I like. All this. right, let's start with buyouts. So okay. the buyout market to this point has been pretty dry. It was a Goran Dragic who has not played this year, correct? Um, and and uh, Javon Carter, who, who DeAndre Bembry, wa- and and Javon Carter who was waived to bring in. Yeah, uh, to bring in Draghi. Yes, right. Um, and and so I look. It's it's so few names and so few players that have been moved that like it used to be buyout season was its own season. Like it used to be, Correct. you know, it was there, there was there was a, a whole new other news cycle that we would get. Um, but for whatever reason, and we're going to try to figure out the reasons, we haven't had much of that movement so far this year. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. So I'll lay out basically the reasons that I gave in the lowdown. Um, yes. And we'll start there 
And you can pick apart those reasons as we go along. So really quickly, uh, first and foremost, it's the expanded seating. It's that they have added two quote unquote playoff teams. And as such, more teams think that they can get into these playoffs and benefit from playoff revenue um, or just go on a run or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the next reason that I gave is that and this is uh, this is the second kind of general reason. I think it's that players and the people advising those players have realized once you get bought out and you get signed at a veteran minimum contract, it is really difficult to get more than the minimum moving forward. And then the third reason that I have here, um, and this is Lakers specific, is that the Lakers suck. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just go, go, go ahead and okay, uh huh, yeah. Um, and and basically, if the Lakers were good, if the Lakers were heading towards a championship, more kind of older role players would go ring chasing. But as that isn't the case, uh, and you don't benefit from that Lakers finals run platform. A lot of these guys are just being basically saying it's not necessarily worth it to, to risk where I'm at right now and all of that. So um, of those three of those three kind of potential explanations, which do you roll with first? First, I mean, I think I think you're right with all three of them, um, but I think the wow, you're, you, you, you agree that the, the Lakers suck, huh? Like, wow. I agree that this Lakers <laughs> season has not been yeah. what the Lakers hope and what Lakers fans hoped. And, um, and that does matter, right? The, the, the benefit you get from basically being a championship contender and the benefit that you get. So the Lakers are only at this point, it seems are would, would only get the benefit of being a, wonderful city to live in a coastal city right because usually it's these big cities generally on the coast whether mm -hmm. it's new york miami golden state the lakers the clippers to a lesser Detroit, extent right on on the on the lake of on yes the, on the absolutely of and if uh if okc lake has Michigan. a lake is okc is the worst fucking city in the in the league <laughs> um you know what you know what i should do the worst cities in the league ranking uh, we'll point. do we'll do that when we don't have because I'm telling you the the conversation we're about to have about our top five teams is going to take about an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I but look, frankly, like if you are ring chasing, um, look, any team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you is going to be considered, um, and the Lakers will get a benefit because they're the Lakers that the the shine of the organization matters, and because you get to live in L.A., that part matters, but we'll get to our top five contenders, right? I think it's fair to who are more than fair to not have the Lakers in that group. So <laughs> that the, the ring chasing specifically, yeah, the Lakers are not where you, you would think they could be. But I think the, the biggest reason is the first reason that you mentioned. And it is, because more teams can convince themselves that they are in the playoff hunt than ever before and fewer teams are tanking than ever before because of the flattened odds and because of the expansion of the plan um i think that is the number one reason that there are you, you and i have talked about this before about the demand issue versus the supply issue and i don't think it's a demand issue it is a supply issue there are fewer buyout candidates 
than there mm-hmm. have ever been before. And like in conjunction with that, there are few fewer sellers in the trade at the trade deadline than there have ever been before because there are more teams that can convince themselves they are still part of the playoff mix. And you mentioned a really important part of it. Hosting a play play-in game and hosting theoretically a playoff series or having some home games in a playoff series even if you get the doors blown off you right even if you get the seven or eight seed and you get the doors blown off of you you're still at minimum gonna host two play-in games Mm -hmm. and i saw this i think it was about when when uh when talking about the warriors and you know the new building chase center um during the pandemic and then shortly well i mean we're still in the pandemic but when when fans were available, you know, even if it was going to be not full capacity, I I saw a number and it was for every for every playoff game that the Warriors hosted, somebody did reporting on this, it was like five million dollars to the team. So whether that's yeah, whether but that's, like it, when you really think about it, though, billionaires like it, it probably cost those billionaires at least like seven and a half million dollars to to host that game. I'm going to leave that alone. That's going to be the hill you die on. Uh, I'm going to leave that alone, but <laughs> I'm living, I'm living, I'm living uh, quite well on this hill actually. But what, whatever it is, whether it's 5 yeah. million and, and probably the warriors at chase are probably making more than, than most teams, but maybe some make more than that, whether it's 5 million or 7 million or 3 million or whatever, there is a, a, a revenue generated from hosting any playoff games. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for e- even for teams. You're like, why are you pushing for to get in the playing game? Well, like if you can, if you can host a playing game or if you can make the eight seed or make the seven seed mm-hmm. and still you get your ass kicked, right? You get the, the brakes beat off you in the playoffs by the one seed or the two seed. You're still going to get to host at minimum two playoff games. Mm-hmm. And there's a financial uh, component to that. So, I think that the the reason you said first, because these teams might get to host playoff games or even just a play-in game, um, there are there are ownership groups that are pushing for that just for financial reasons. So I think that is the number one reason that has depressed the buyout market. Here's a working theory that I just oh. came up with like while while you were talking. Okay. Um we are seeing the most stars move in the history of the NBA, right? Like mm-hmm. It, the I think realistically speaking, when you get a superstar on your team, you have about four years, I think, to to optimize that window. You have a four. And by the way, it used to be seven. You used to have like team control for seven mm-hmm. years, and now, yes. I mean, I don't know if you're going Zion here, but yes. Look, I if I start talking about Zion, this thing might get canceled. Um, so <laughs> everybody has all this problem with clutch, but CAA just happens to run the Knicks. And CAA is going to get their client to opt out of a potential $200 million contract to go and, and sit out another season and go and play in New York. And that guy, by the way, has a crazy injury history and doesn't exactly look particularly healthy. Like when he walks around and you're telling me clutch is the only agency out there that might not have all of their clients best interests at our, at, at heart. Huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right. All right. I like yeah, it. I like sure. it. But anyway, so like Let with, with, cook. with the, uh, with the number of, of stars that are moving, 
Um, you need a lot of those. Like this was the problem that the Lakers ran into at the trade deadline, right? Was that they didn't have enough of those kind of 10-ish million dollar contracts um, that can add up to getting you a player of of legit that, that, that changes your, your outlook, right? Your season outlook. Right. And I kind of wonder with... You know, some of these players, if they're on 10 to $15 million contracts, um, if they're, if their team or their management is basically saying, well, if we buy you out, we no longer have that trade chip at the end of, so if we, if we want to, you know, help a, a trade come along, uh, using mm -hmm. that, that contract or whatever, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, just by if we want to sign and trade you and, and maintain that salary uh, slot, you know, come this off, off season, like I think, I think in general, teams are smarter than they were 10 years ago when you had the burgeoning buyout markets. Um, but that I is, think that is true too. Yes. But I think now I, I think like one way that they could be potentially getting smarter is, well, no, it makes more sense to keep you on our books and then either try to move you, in this upcoming off season and in, in more of a, a sign and trade so that we maintain more of that flexibility that we had with you on our books. I think that is a fair and interesting point. I just think it is probably less prevalent than yeah. you're thinking because most of the buyout guys are higher salary guys. Um, mm -hmm. And most of them are not always, but, the vast majority are in the last year of their deal mm -hmm. because working out a buyout for a guy that has, you know, whatever, three years, years, 78 million left is very different than like it's the math is much easier. If it's or like if two years life. and like 92 million left. <sighs> I enjoy drinking Hennessy and, um, uh, this will come as a great shock to you and all of our wonderful listeners. And thank Ooh. you for listening. This will come as a shock to you. I'm crying. Um, but Hennessy is in fact delicious. You know, what's funny is um, I went to go get, I... <laughs> here's the reach of, of silver screen and roll and what we do here. I went to, um, to go get a haircut uh, the other day. And so my, my guy that, so I, I shaved my head for like 25 years. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, I grew my hair. I had no idea what I was doing because I wasn't seeing other humans and didn't care. Got cornrows for a while and then decided this is probably not the right thing for me because my hair is not quite black enough. <laughs> it's like almost black enough, but not quite black enough. So it, yeah. it frays and comes out very quickly once, uh, once, uh, once it's in the rows. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. uh, like they don't look good for more than like a day and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I started doing this like ridiculous Danny Green. Now I have a like faux hawk mohawk thing, mm -hmm. which is absurd. But um, so I went to go get my hair cut uh, the other day and I walk in and the dude that cuts my hair and has for now, I don't know, a few months goes, hold on, let me ask you about something. And I said, OK. And he goes, is Hennessy delicious? And I said, it is, but what, what, yes, but why do you, how do you, yeah. And he goes, I don't know. I, there was a dude that comes in that I cut his hair and, uh, we were talking 
and he said, oh, there's this dude who says Hennessy is delicious on this <laughs> podcast. And he goes, oh, I cut his hair. I, they were talking Lakers stuff. Yeah. And I went, how does anybody know this? And how did you figure <laughs> any of this out? Hold on. These are being recorded? Like, I, I'm. Re- yeah, I don't. So apparently, yeah. So who, I, I don't, I don't, bamboozled. he didn't know the guy's name, but whoever go, goes to get your hair cut at Fades and Blades That's in amazing. LA with Matt. Yeah. Hennessy is delicious and thank you for listening. <laughs> Fades and Blades, you owe us 50 bucks. Um, all right. So I get you owe me a free haircut <laughs> and you, you, owe, you owe Anthony a free haircut when he comes to town, which is never. I am, I am like ridiculously picky about my hair. The girl who uh, the girl who cuts my hair has been cutting it since I got out here. And that's the only person who I really let. Touch well, and my you hair. have a hat on. Take the hat off. Let me see how she's doing. Oh, I mean, it's a mess right now. It's it's just it's no, but just... it looks good. No, it looks good yeah. though. All right. Um. All right. So so yeah. And and then the last the last part of the the point that I made also on the lowdown regarding buyouts is is for the actual player uh, themselves. They have bird rights with the teams that they are currently with. That's and a good point too. Yes. Those those players, uh, as soon as they're bought out and they get signed by another team, those bird right, bird rights reset, and you are now completely reliant upon cap space to get paid in the upcoming season. So yeah. you get the market gets artificially suppressed by way of, hey, that guy was a minimum player over there. Is there any way to keep him as a minimum player moving forward? And then it gets legitimately suppressed because your bird rights like really do impact the way that you can get paid. Yes. You, and, and you mentioned this, which is important also. And I think you mentioned this because you and I have talked about it, but once you get bought out and then sign a minimum contract, it's really difficult to not be perceived around the league yeah. as a minimum guy. Uh, yeah. Like Stanley Johnson, Stanley Johnson's probably a minimum guy for another couple seasons. And I think he has shown that he's maybe slightly more than a minimum type player. I think Malik Monk is going to get a raise, but he Malik, Malik will Malik will get a real contract, but, but Malik is, I think the but, Lakers might be able to keep him. I think it, it is, you know, it's, they would have to make other moves on them. Like they, you don't keep Malik. Well, there's if you're, the mini, mini mid-level. So there are some mechanisms, but yeah, it is not as it relates to Malik. It is not often that yeah he's you the get, yeah it is it is not often that um, guys at this point of their career mm-hmm. who have you know he was a lottery pick showed some stuff uh, in in Charlotte. It is not often that those guys right Malik. I, he's young still twenty four right? yeah just turned twenty four this month and has had some some success in his career. It's not often that those guys end up being minimum guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And Malik had other offers elsewhere. He could have made a little bit more money elsewhere. Shout out to Mitch Kupchak looking out for, for his former team. (laughs) My boy blue. Um, But I think Malik is an outlier, right? Which is why everybody was so, or should have been and was so excited when, when the Lakers were able to get him for the minimum because he is not a traditional, traditionally minimum guy. So I think Malik has a chance, but usually the guys that have had some success and have had their, it's usually guys towards the back end of their yeah. career uh, that become minimum guys. And unfortunately they often end up staying 
minimum guys, which is why a lot of guys, and, and you talked about it on the lowdown the other day um, with Gary Harris, right? After mm-hmm. Gary Harris didn't get traded, he has, it seems, said he has let it be known that he doesn't want to get bought out. Mm-hmm. Could he go to a better uh, scenario situation than Orlando? Basically anywhere, in the NBA is a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically anywhere in the NBA is a better situation yeah. than the Magic. Um, Their G unless, team unless you might want to go to Jonathan situation. Isaac's Bible study, then maybe that's Oof. the place for you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if any of your, any of your blind love or love is blind, uh, whatever her name is. She maybe she wants to go to Jonathan Isaac's Bible study, but yeah. his teammates do not. Um, but basically every scenario, the, Orlando is not a great NBA city either. Um, but it's the land of the like, misfit toys. It is. It, it, it's yes, where it's it, where players go to get forgotten. Uh, it's not a great. It is not great in Orlando. But um, you mentioned on on the lowdown the other day that Gary Harris was an example of somebody who didn't want to get bought out. He's making twenty or whatever this year. Mm-hmm. But if he 20. if he you, guys don't want to be known as minimum guys because that is that narrative is tough to overcome and that is a that is a difficult thing once you get known as that it is a difficult thing you have to do a lot to not because that means you're going to be generally going to be a free agent in the coming off season and everybody and teams will be like yeah but you're a minimum guy right so you get known as that and that is a tough stigma to overcome so it's generally guys on the back end of their career but you made a really good point as it as it relates to gary harris when you're coming off a $20 million contract, that's different than coming off a seven or eight. Con- yeah, a minimum. Yeah. No, that's, but it's or also different minimum, than coming yeah. off a minimum contract because right. you get, you get pigeonholed as that type of player. Yeah. All this said, and, and Aaron, you can, you can pretend you didn't hear this because I'm going to mention a specific player. Sacramento, what the hell are you doing with my boy, Damian Jones? Like, come on, Man. he's not playing. He's on essentially a minimum contract. Let but the you're guy not, go buying, and get you're some not buying out minimum guys. Yeah, you should. Why? He should ask to be like, all right. That's if a different I was, question. If I was advising him, I would tell him, hey, go to whoever you have to go to. Send a bad tweet. Say like cow- <laughs> the uh, yeah, cowbells, the cowbells the are Bledsoe. stupid. Yeah, like just send a bad tweet. Get yourself out of there. Get bought out. And then come where apparently Frank Vogel is getting ready to use DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard again. The Lakers would like he'd start on the Lakers. He would be a starting player. Do you actually? On the Lakers. Do you actually think that? What? I don't know that he would start. Do you think? Do you think? Yes, he would, actually he would start? start. Yeah. You don't think? Yeah. You don't think it would just be LeBron at five until until no. AD is back? We, we just saw his knee like blow up on a random like Tuesday. Like his body, he has to play really hard at center, and I I just don't think that's smart for for the Lakers. I think he would start. Or it would be like DeAndre Jordan starting because, you know, we're cursed on this planet. And (laughs) (laughs) this wine is delicious. All right. Red wine is delicious. (laughs) Let's move on. And uh, we're going to give our top five teams. Um, And what we're going to do, we'll go five to one each. Okay. We'll start with our, and And these are are our title favorites. Who's going to win? Not who we think is the best team, but who we think is going to win the the title yes because yeah. those are different things yes yeah 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 and starting uh, at five starting at five and as 
these teams get mentioned, we're going to give you guys the, the recent news about them and why we have them placed where we have them. Aaron, I'll let you go first. Who's your number so five? So my fifth, yeah, my 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 uh, my fifth place finisher, my fifth most likely title winner is uh, actually, as it relates to this feed, Lakers bubble friend, the Miami Heat. Ooh. Okay. And here's and here's why. Right. I think I think the East is and and by the way, I went back and forth between Miami and Philly for this one. But mm -hmm. I think the I have, continuity I have Philly like in, I think in my I spot. think the continuity matters. Mm -hmm. Um and if you look back through history, there are not many trades as significant as James Harden going to um Philly that have resulted in a title right because it takes time it takes continuity mm -hmm. it takes time to come together um and the Miami Heat their starting lineup who has basically played together for like an hour yeah uh, this season is the destroyer of worlds yeah um so I and I think we're kind of sleeping on Miami, who is number one in the East right now. They're close. It's like between them and Chicago. And they were them and the Bulls were last I looked. Them and the Bulls were tied. They're a half first. game behind Chicago. Yeah, because Chicago won yesterday. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, Chicago beat Atlanta in an interesting game that won me. Never mind. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I think I think Miami is. I think we're we're all collectively kind of sleeping on Miami. Mm -hmm. um, they've been really good their best five players there haven't played together a whole bunch um and when, when they, they have, have they've been really good mm -hmm. um and you'll see one two you'll see three of my five three of my most likely title winners are from the east and i think that's because the east is kind of just wide open and the east might be generally better than the west but because of the like mediocre depth of the East. I think the East is easier than the West. So mm. um, as far as it relates to, to winning a title. So um, Miami is my fifth most likely team to win the title. All right. Uh, I went with Philly here, um, but it's close between those two teams. It's a coin flip in my mm -hmm. opinion, between those two teams. And, you know, you made a really good case for Miami and uh, you know what? I could have been convinced on that. My only thing here is that, uh, Joel Embiid is playing probably some of the best basketball of his career. Um, yes. James Harden took off his fat suit. So like <laughs> we've seen what it looks like. <laughs> you got him out that nutty professor. <laughs> once, once we've seen what it looks like when Harden uh, is, is engaged. I think they have enough uh, wing defense and, and perimeter defense to make up for some of the issues that you have yeah, with keeping, James Harden keeping, on your team. Keeping thigh mattered, yeah. Huge. It was such a big yeah. one. Um, losing Seth hurts from a shooting perspective, but uh, I think you kind of, you don't make up for it. I Seth spaces the floor better than Harden does because when Harden doesn't touch the ball, he goes and stands at half court. Um, but I, I think when, uh, when it comes down to it, you know, Harden... And again, we I, I still have four teams ahead of them. Um, I just think I just think either Joel or Harden could outplay anybody on Miami in a, in, a, in a series. So if I had if I saw those teams go up against each other, I go with like which individual player could could go out and win the series. And, and yeah, I think those so, guys could. 
in in a series between Miami and Philly, um, I think Philly has the best two players. Mm-hmm. My concern, and we'll see it tonight. Well, hopefully, we'll start. To you didn't you didn't do the thing they used to do with the Lakers. What's that? The, the, that like Philly has the best two players, but how far do you have to go down the list before you get to another Sixer? Like that's what we're doing. Even though we uh, saw that kind of team, that, no, partially, beat the brakes off other, of Miami. But the other thing is, I think offensively, uh, James and and Joel will fit fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll work that out. But yeah, it's going to be some my turn, your turn stuff. I, yes, but I think it'll work. I think I think they're good enough that it'll work offensively. Defensively, I have concerns yeah. because um, Joel very specifically wants to play a drop coverage, and he is mm-hmm. one of the best defensive players in the NBA. And Thibault's right there on the list too. If you want to get anything out of Harden defensively it's got to be a switch because Mm -hmm. he just, if it's not, he just won't. Yeah. He wants to switch because it takes the least amount of energy and effort. And so he just wants to switch everything. And that is not what the Sixers play. So I am interested in the defensive, um, the D their mesh defensively. Mm -hmm. I think it's very like polar opposites. So I am interested to see how that works offensively. I think it works defensively. I have concerns. Sixers, uh, you know, just in terms of the recent news about them, James Harden debuts tonight. I can't wait to yeah. see what that looks like. Looking That's going to be to it. Yeah, he's going to look like you know thirty pounds lighter. It's going to be really interesting. You told you already told me he took off that uh, that yeah. Professor Clump suit. Yeah, so we're ready to go. <laughs> now the only thing is he has probably spent like the last like of the last two months. We'll just say it was like sixty days. Mm-hmm. 57 of them in a club of some type would we say are you including strip clubs oh yeah of, of, oh of, yeah, 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 yeah yeah well so, you know no, he's got to detox no, no, a little no, bit no, no. And... i think i think that's too many yeah. because well, how many did you say 56 of them of yeah the 57 of the 60 no i think it's more like 45 of the 50 of the 60 and then know. no 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 here's why yeah. you have like little dirk and all kinds of, and then they had concerts. No, 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 no. He's he's in the studio with these. He's in the studio oh, with, with yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, strippers Meek, are probably Meek present Mill. there. So no, he's yeah. in the studio some too. So. Yeah. All right. Um, who's number four on your list? Uh, for number four for me is Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, they were my prohibitive favorite before the year, mm-hmm. um, and I still think there is a terrifying juggernaut in there. But the injuries with KD, Kyrie with the the New York City mandates, which maybe are changing theoretically. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Ben is going to be a good fit there, but we haven't seen it yet. And yeah. we don't know where he is physically. We don't know where he is mentally, emotionally. Um, and they've been a pretty rough watch without any of those yeah. guys. They're like the the ancillary pieces i think mills and and seth fit really well with them but they're kind of small right their best five is if everybody's healthy is probably because i don't think joe harris is coming back this year their best five is probably um kyrie seth patty mills ben and kd 
that's pretty small. And it doesn't mean you can't get away with it, but it's pretty small over yeah. series, you know? And right. If we just talked about Philly, like if, if that is your best five and beads going to destroy you on, on the, yeah. Games, yeah. Their, the their run, class. their run is very predicated on matchup, but there is so much talent there that I think they uh, like basically uh, KD basically beat Milwaukee by himself. James was on, had, had half a leg Mm -hmm. and KD basically said, ah, fuck this. (laughs) Right. I'm the best player in the world. Yeah. And if my shoe size is a little smaller, I got you. Um, So I think, I think, I think Brooklyn is very, very dangerous still. I have them third on my list Um, for everything that you talked about. I, I really like the notion of a super switchy, well, the only problem is like, gosh, I wish I wish they would have found like I, I wish they wouldn't have bought out Bembry, um, and just gone full wing, like just as many wings they could throw at you as possible. Um, and you and, really, and you, really, you really like Brown at center. Look at you, like you're a six three center. Let's get it. Well, KD played center in the playoffs last year, he and KD and, played everywhere. Well, sure. Do that again. (laughs) I think think they will, but like, we don't know. We haven't seen KD in a while. I think KD is probably the best player in the league, but we haven't seen him in a while. All right. You know what? They Lakers need to buy out DeAndre Jordan. He can go back there and he'll clearly start for those guys. Right? Like clearly. Yeah. I don't don't think so. All right. I don't. Um, I have, I have the Warriors fourth here. Okay. And I would have them higher. um, But Draymond's injury terrifies me. And as it should, that is an outright game changer. Steph has been magnificent. Like Steph has been like keeping the, the warriors afloat the way that he has, has been pretty damn impressive. Um, but in a playoff series, you need Draymond to anchor that defense. And if they don't have Draymond or if he's like a marginalized, uh, Draymond, then that is not good for what they're hoping to do out there. So, yep. Um, I think I, if, if I knew Draymond was going to be healthy, I would have them one or two on this list, Yeah. but as it stands, I have them at four. So as it relates to the Warriors, if, if everybody is healthy, um, I, I think the Warriors win the title, but I put the Warriors second because as you said, we don't know with Draymond and back issues are notoriously tricky and yep. pop up and go away and pop up and go away. So I have the Warriors second. I would have had the Warriors first if I was more confident that Draymond was going to be Draymond. Um, but we don't know he, because and 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 all the intel is kind of weird. And what Draymond is saying himself <laughs> is kind of weird. Yeah, it's like I think it's three or four weeks, three or four weeks ago. And then during the All Star game, he was like, "Yeah, I'm like three or four weeks out." And I, um, I'm about as explosive as Kenny going to the board <laughs> on, on the set yeah. J or I think it is. So that, that makes me nervous. I have the Warriors second because I think the Warriors are probably the best team in the league if everybody's good. Um, but, but it's a significant dip if they don't have Draymond. Yeah, if they don't have Draymond. No, no, not, it's not a significant dip. If they don't have Draymond, forget the whole thing. Yeah, like none of this matters. Right. Wiseman is on his way back, and that could help because they've been getting killed on the glass, and they have mm-hmm. nobody other than Kevon Looney, who's over like six nine. 
mm-hmm. but we don't know what we're going to get from Wiseman because he hasn't played forever either. Yeah. So um, what you're saying is the Lakers could buy out DeAndre Jordan. He'd go start for Golden State, right? Like he would start over there. He would get. What, uh, here's what I am saying. He here's would get minutes somewhere. Anyway, I have Phoenix. He would third. be on a different I think the roster? Warriors are better than Phoenix. No, I don't think the Warriors are better than Phoenix. I think the Warriors are more likely to if if the Warriors and and Phoenix played in the series, I would favor the Warriors if everybody's mm-hmm. together. And I'm also worried about Chris Paul's injury because mm-hmm. that's six to eight weeks puts you squarely into the first round of the playoffs. Yep. And if it's the Lakers, I'm not sure I would favor Phoenix in the first round if Chris Paul's not available. And who knows? I, it's six to eight weeks. It's six to eight weeks. Who knows, right? But that's right around like seven weeks is the end of the regular season. So who knows? Yeah. What I am saying is because of that, I think the Warriors are more likely to... I think Phoenix is probably better than the Warriors, but I think the Warriors would beat Phoenix in a series. Like Phoenix is better than the Warriors, like in total mm-hmm. as it relates to the rest of the NBA. But in a matchup with the Warriors, I think the Warriors would beat them. Well, I think if and you, the Chris Paul, the Chris Paul stuff terrifies me. Well, I think in Steph Curry's office somewhere, he has the deed to Chris Paul's playoff resume, right? Like he just he just owns Steph Curry has destroyed Chris Paul. Over and over and over and over and most of most of that is the Clippers though. So and anytime we can get Clippers and the Rockets too. But Mm -hmm. anytime we can get Clippers slander in on this podcast, I'm with it. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the the Warriors are my the Warriors are number two for me, and Phoenix is number three for me. All right, and it is because so go ahead and dive into Phoenix then. Phoenix is really really good and. All that stuff we saw last year, I think, has been validated by what they've done this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phoenix feels like the best or most well-oiled machine in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think that the East is, I think the East has more depth, but I think the East is an easier path for the best teams. Um, and I think it comes down to the Warriors and Phoenix in in the West. I think they've separated themselves. But the Chris Paul thing, and, and we're going to start to get to see that, you know, tonight and, and then going forward is what Phoenix looks like without Chris Paul and how much of their elevation is Chris Paul, how much of it is Monty Williams, how much of it is the improvement of Bridges and Booker and Aiton but I'm not sure. And so as we sit here right now, and I, and again, I don't know that Chris Paul is going to be available to start the playoffs. And if Chris Paul is not available to start the playoffs, I think it gives the Lakers theoretically a real fighting chance. Like if, if, if AD and Braun are healthy Aaron. and Chris Paul <laughs> is doing? not, I think like, mm, th- that's why, but all of that is why I have the Warriors ahead of, of the the Suns. And look, over the course of the year, the Suns have been better than the Warriors. But even healthy, I think I picked the Warriors in a series. It's a, against it's a the seven Suns. gamer. Like it, it's a it's a seven gamer that could go either way in, in that one, I think. It's that's a yeah, that's a really I just close I just look if Chris if Chris Paul is not there. Oh well then <laughs> or not or like partially yeah. available or not quite available in the first I I think the Suns are vulnerable early if Chris Paul is either not available or not fully healthy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it depends on who they're playing. It's not they aren't vulnerable against the Lakers though. Like we 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 have <laughs> we have plenty of data on the Lakers. But hold on. To be fair though, no before AD no, no, no. before AD got hurt, it was like two games. It, it was, was three games, <laughs> and the Lakers were up two one. Oh, okay. You want to go back to that then? That's fine. I, but like, I think Chris Paul said he literally couldn't shoot in that series. I think Chris Paul's shoulder wasn't working. Yeah, but but like Chris Paul's right hand is working presently. I'll, I'll say I'll say this though: Chris Paul's shoulder looked fine when he was trying to yank LeBron's shoulder out of his socket. That a boy. It appeared to be working That'll all right. Boy. In Lean that into it. That a boy. Yeah. It, that did you know? Just figured we would point that out. All right. I just I think that. So that's why, norm, without the Chris Paul stuff, I would have probably had Phoenix 2 and the Warriors 3. But because of the Chris Paul stuff, I'm going to have the Warriors 2 and the and, and uh, the the Suns 3. So I my thing about the Suns is that I've always thought that, like, like, there's no way to get me to roll my eyes faster than to do the whole, like, oh, my God, look at all the leadership that Chris Paul has offered to the Suns team. And look at all, like... Stop, man. Like those are those are some really, really good players there. DeAndre Ayton is a perfect modern center. Uh Devin Booker is, you know, he's a bad MFer, even if he has some he of is. the lamest. And moments. I'm interested to see if he because he did so at, at Kentucky, even though he never started a game. Yeah. And he has for for Phoenix uh before Chris Paul got there. Him on the ball. Yeah. Uh, running pick and roll. Yeah, right. That's I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um if you and guys I think play daily fan, play daily fantasy and and buy as much Devin Booker stock as you can. Like that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I, I think he's really good. Macau Bridges is my favorite like three and D role player in the league. Interesting. Like, he, he is so effing good at what the what they need him to do. Um, I thought the Tory Craig pickup was a big one, um, as it gives you yeah, a little bit return, more length yeah. and yep, they, he he uh, he helps you out. Like I, I like the way. They basically just say like, all right, whether it's one through four switching, whether it's switching all across. Um, I thought JaVale McGee was a really good addition for for them for yeah, for JaVale's what been, they need for him. JaVale's been quite good. Um, so I just I just really like the way that they're being run there, and I I honestly think like would I prefer if I was a Suns fan if I knew that I was going to miss some Chris Paul time, I would have preferred that it was only like a two to four or four to six weeks so that you have a couple weeks to get his legs back under him before the playoffs, clearly. Uh, but I do think this amount of time where they learn to operate without Chris Paul on the floor might actually be not it a net be. positive. It could but, be. But it's, it, it, be, it could potentially be another arrow in their, in their, it could uh, be, it could be. Slits, can we, can we, whatever. can we talk about, can we slander Chris Paul for playing in the all-star game though? I, what are look, you doing? He does so many weird things, man. Like I, I just, I, like it's so annoying to see Suns fans like applaud him doing rip throughs with you know in the bonus in the last few minutes of the game. Like you aren't going to get those calls in the playoffs. Why are you trying to benefit from them now? Like I, I just he just does so many things. My stance on Chris Paul has always been this: I think he's an incredible talent, yeah. one of the best point guards that we will ever, ever, ever see. Also true. Because of that, and this is how I feel about James Harden too, because of their immense talents, 
I don't need you to see, I don't need to see you twerking out there for calls. Like that's, that's not what I need to my watch. Favorite. I don't from, know who came up with that, but twerking yeah. for fouls is my it's, favorite thing. I just don't, I don't like, you guys are too good to be doing that. This board is too beautiful to be like when it's played at the level that those guys are capable of playing it to see them try to insurance fraud their way into stats. Like insurance the, fraud. The, <laughs> the, they need to be better than that. And, and yeah, I actively root against Chris Paul in the playoffs because so I, I just, so I, I, I just, until he stops, I just doing actively that, root against him per, generally, <laughs> not just the playoffs. Yeah. I, until, until he stops doing that stuff, like I, I don't need to see that guy rewarded for that stuff. That's where I'm Okay. At. So do we have the same number one then? Uh, well, let's see. So I have, so just to recap right now, I have Sixers, Warriors, Nets, Suns. You have the Warriors fourth. Yeah. Nets third, Suns second. Yeah. Okay. And then you, so you have Heat. I have uh, Miami fifth, Brooklyn fourth, Phoenix third, Warriors second. All right. And we both have Milwaukee first. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> I think we're like the, the boost you get from winning a title as far as cohesiveness, as far as confidence. Yeah. Um, now the, the, the Brooke Lopez, yeah, scares me because they have not been defensively what they were. And mm -hmm. I think the obvious answer to that is Brooke Lopez. Um, and some of the deadline stuff was confusing to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I will never forgive with. Luke Walton for running Brooke Lopez out of LA. Good Lord. Oh my goodness. What am I doing right now? <laughs> I will. I remember that summer I was like, I got to Vegas and one of the mm -hmm. first conversations I had in Vegas, cause I was trying to piece like every year I try to piece together, like the kind of off season I would like the Lakers to have. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was, yeah, it'd be nice if, uh, cause I think it'd be nice to, to be able to bring Lopez back on some kind of a reasonable deal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first person that I spoke to, I'm not going to say who it was, but the first person I spoke to, um, was fairly close to, uh, Lopez and, um, you know, somewhat with the Lakers, but mm -hmm. the, the guy goes, he is not going back to the Lakers. That is not <laughs> bleeping happening. He hated it there. He said all the right things, but he was offended at the way that he was coached. And I was like, all right, that's great. Fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway. <clears throat> um, well, and then Luke Walton got another we, job. As we, as we talked to, uh, as we talked about with Draymond back injuries are, very yes. tricky. Yeah. Um, and he's even but because I think the East is an easier path. I think the East is deeper than the West, as I said before, but I think the East is a easier path just because right. It's, it's the Warriors and the Suns, and then like everybody else who cares at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think because of the continuity of Milwaukee, because of the bump they've gotten from, winning the title, the confidence that that breeds because and Giannis they know is what incredible. <laughs> and Giannis is a monster. The he's, best, just that, a monster. he's the best player in the world. In my opinion, I think he's, he's the best. I think there, that is a, there is a very fair argument for that. I would not necessarily agree, but I think there's a very fair argument for that. Mm -hmm. So, um, because of that, um, and because of, their easier path. Although like if the nets are in the playing game, that becomes difficult, right? It's kind of like the Lakers, the Lakers and the nets were the two favorites going into the year. And it looks right now that both of them 
uh, are going to be in the play-in and are going to be so right. Congratulations on getting the one seed or the two seed. You get to play the Lakers or the Nets, who mm-hmm. were the favorites coming into the year. Outside of that, I think the uh, Milwaukee path is probably easier, although they're not in the one or two seed presently. Will they get up there? Who knows? But um, I just I think we're all kind of forgetting about the 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 team that won the title last year. Yeah. And I think I, the Bucks have the fewest questions to answer, right? If if Chris Paul or Draymond are not available or KD is not available or Kyrie is not available or Ben Simmons is not available, that is not as impactful as if if Brook Lopez is not available. I think the I think Milwaukee has the fewest questions to answer of anybody in the league, and they won the goddamn title last year, so they're so, not, they're my most likely. Here's my couple issues uh, about or, or with the uh, with the Bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. so like with you mentioned caveat, that both of us have them as the most I, likely. Yes, yeah, I still have them as the favorite, but my question marks with them is Brooke Lopez. Like, yeah. I don't know if we see him this year. I don't, I don't, I don't know, think yeah. we do. The Serge Ibaka trade indicated to me that don't we aren't going to see, we aren't going to see Brooke Lopez. Don't love it either way. Even well, if we do, don't love it. Well, if we do, then it doesn't matter. If we don't, um, and on, you're really relying on, on Ibaka, the, then, then what you mean is the corpse of the, the corpse yeah, of Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Look, it's an incredible looking corpse still. He's a good like, looking dude. <laughs> and I love the fashion and the, 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 whatever. I love the cooking, man. That guy, yeah, that co- guy. What about the what about the the uh the like what are those things called around the wrapper on the neck and the all the fabric and I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about fashion. I wear hoodies and warm-ups and fair. sometimes jeans. Um a shawl, like it's like a shawl. He's got like a thing going. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. The thing you like yeah. He just he dresses very worldly, I feel like. Like he just He does. Um there was also uh, anyway. So anyway, but about the Bucks. So the Brook Lopez thing, which you went over, um, I, I I agree is the number one question about their season. Um, the other one is that, like, and this is why I always harp on teams cheaping out. Is if you know if they would have known that they were going to lose Brook Lopez for the amount of time that they have lost Brook Lopez, they probably work a little harder to bring PJ Tucker back, right? And you know, uh, this is why I always say don't cheap out in title windows because you shouldn't want to, you know, close down your margin for error when those are the stakes. Uh, so I think I think that was a, a blow to them. The Dante DiVincenzo trade is another example of like, you know, we haven't really got much from this guy over the course of the year. He's going to be looking to get paid. Uh, let's right. try to get something for him right now. Well, they make that trade, and then basically right afterward, you find out that Pat Connaughton is going to be missing a bunch of time. Yeah, yeah. So Connaughton being out. Yeah, right. And that destroys your wing depth. Right, right. And that's why I say, like, you know, if I was a Bucks fan and I saw that those series of moves. There, that, there are Bucks fans? Uh, man, there is one really loud one. Uh, who uh, I will not name. Okay, all right, fair. But uh, but yeah, I I think when it comes to the Bucks, if I'm a Bucks fan, I would be kind of ripping my hair out a little bit because you just won a championship, and and you're you're 
cheaping out when you have the opportunity to, to go out and win another one. This season is wide open, and those are two moves that are made predominantly because of the finances involved with, with basketball. And I just, I just can never get behind that. So, um, you know, I, I still have Milwaukee as the, the team most likely to win a championship this year, but I think they have made it a lot harder on themselves this year than they needed to. Especially after winning a title. Yeah. I I, know. I agree with you. I, um, and and as because this is Lakers feed, um, we can relate it back to the Lakers. But we the Lakers have no experience with winning a championship and stripping it down. What are you talking about? All right, <laughs> but right that there you go. You said it right. Yeah. Like, um, getting away from what won you a title. <laughs> uh, can have mixed yeah. results. Yeah, no, no, they aren't very mixed, man. I'm telling you what, it is really, really rare that you find a team that won a championship and forgot what won them that championship and get, winds up getting rewarded with another championship. The vast majority of majority of teams that went out and won championships, plural, uh, did so because they didn't mess around with what won them that first one in the first place. Right. So or and or had absolutely overwhelming talent. That too. That helps. That helps. That doesn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it here for this episode of The Hook and this week's episodes here on the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. Uh, this was a fun, uh, a fun week, an interesting week. Uh, we had plenty to talk about despite the Lakers not playing, but you know what? I'm happy that the Lakers are finally playing again. Hey, game so tonight. Let's get it. Come, <laughs> so hey, have by to the way, if you're in the arena, to... come see me. What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Aaron's going to be there. Come say hi. Although I don't, I don't know if they let people down to the level that you're usually watching games. You know so they do, they do if I say so. <laughs> okay, and you're and you're giving me a hard time about my foyer. <laughs> you have a foyer. <laughs> you have a foyer and an 85 inch TV. <laughs> That's the entirety of my house. It's, <laughs> it's an 85. You sleep in your foyer. You just didn't tell people that. You sleep at Avery's room, your room, everybody's room is in the yeah, foyer. I sleep on my 85-inch TV in my foyer. <laughs> your entire home is like 300 square feet. It's a foyer and a bedroom and a kitchen and yeah, a bathroom. Exactly. And your daughter's room. <laughs> and Callie's room. And your room. TV viewing yeah, room. Bathroom, all that. Yeah. It's basically like you live in New York. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets whatsoever. No regrets. All sound, all sound investment. We'll talk to- <laughs> that was Aaron Larsoul. I'm Anthony Irwin. This has been the hook. <laughs>